Get more time to listen to yours truly by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus. Then, save up with the Fuel Rewards Program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. Today's opening tip, Donovan Mitchell dominating on the ping pong table in the bubble. Perk, back when you were playing, how did the vets handle something like that? See, this is what I'm saying, Rachel. These young guys got too much pride. When I was a young guy in the league, I used to play Paul and Spades and Boo Ray, and he used to beat me all the time. So what I had to do, I had to move to something that I knew I could beat him in, and that's playing dominoes. So I used to convince him to go to something that I knew I could beat him in, and that's what that was me playing, putting the dots on the bones. These guys got to be smarter. You can't just keep playing the guy that's whooping you. <laughs> that That's institutional knowledge, man. Come on, Perk. <laughs> Coming up, guys, as Luka Doncic prepares for his first <laughs> playoff run, what are the reasonable expectations for him? We will give the maps our previously on treatment later in the show. First, though, Victor Oladipo has said he is feeling good and is reportedly reconsidering his decision not to play with the Pacers in the bubble. Much of this, according to our Brian Windhorst, stems from an unresolved situation over $3 million in salary. As a healthy scratch, Oladipo was slated to be paid for his time in the bubble, but the Pacers support Oladipo's decision and are willing to pay him the salary whether he plays or not, sources said. So, Paul, if he is healthy, should Oladipo give it a go in the bubble? Listen, I'm from the school of hard knocks. I prided myself when healthy to play each and every game. If he's healthy, why not be there to support your team? I mean, he's, he's your guy. He gives you guys hope in the playoffs, in an in a unprecedented setting. I mean, there's anything can happen in this setting. You know, the Pacers could go on and, and get to the conference finals, especially if they have a star like Oladipo who can play mm. to his potential. So if you're healthy, I believe you need to be out there playing. Yes, P, I'm right there with you. And listen, I'm going to take it a step further. Victor, as a retired NBA player, I look back on my career and I said, you know what? I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. I have regrets. Listen, brother, don't take, don't miss out on taking advantage of being in the NBA. You cannot get these games back. You cannot get these moments back, these minutes back. And by the way, the Indiana Pacers are a dangerous team without Victor Oladipo. Yes. And, that's, and with him playing, that makes them more dangerous. And if, if the title teams that are in the Eastern Conference, you're talking about the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, the Raptors, they don't want to see uh, Indiana in the first round. They have a really good team. And by the way, Vic, you're down there. You're down there in the bubble. You're playing five on five. If you're healthy, go ahead and give it a shot. You're down there anyway. You don't know what could happen. You know, we're inside the NBA bubble. Technical difficulties happen. I'm here with Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins. And guys, I want to shift the conversation to the reigning WMVP, WNBA MVP, Elena Deladon. She has been treated for Lyme disease for years. And she says that an independent panel of doctors um, has told her that, and it was it's from the WNBA and the Players Association, has deemed her not at high risk for COVID-19, and therefore she is able to play in the league's bubble. Now, that opinion differed from the one given by Della Don's personal doctor, who deemed her high risk. So as a result, 
Deladon must decide whether to join the Mystics. If she does, she'll get her full pay. Or she can still opt out of the season, guys, but if so, she gets no pay at all because of the medical panel that was convened by the league and the union together. So, Perk, what is your reaction to these details? The WNBA has dropped the ball, and they are all the way in the wrong for a number of reasons. One, we all know that you know, people that have, you know, existing diseases are at high risk and their health are at high risk. And with, with, with Elena having, you know, the Lyme disease, you know, it would be a nightmare if she was basically forced to play because this is how she make a living. She don't hoop overseas in the European League and she couldn't during this pandemic even if she wanted to. And we're talking about one of the faces of the WNBA, a MVP, a champion. And if something was to happen to her, I, you know, I hope not, the WNBA will really be in trouble. So they have to make sure that they take a step back and reevaluate this situation. Yeah, I'm with you there, Perk. I mean, first of all, the first concern should be the health and wellness uh, of, of the players. Yeah, she's one of the faces mm -hmm. of the league. Uh, we all know that. But, I mean, come on. She has her own personal doctors tell her she's at a high risk of catching the COVID. That right there should be enough. And you see, and you wonder why yes. when you look around WNBA, NBA, when guys get different injuries, they go they go to different doctors. You know why? Because sometimes they don't trust the medical staff uh, within the, in their, their leagues because sometimes it's for selfish reasons. And we've seen this time and time again. Players get misdiagnosed from NBA doctors and go to other private doctors where they're diagnosed and you know, there's a conflict there. So, you know, if she's at a high risk of her health and well-being, then I, I, I don't think she should attend. I understand some of the complexity here for the league, right? I mean, they want to make sure that there is some standard so that they are telling players, hey, you're okay to opt out if you want to opt out, but we're not going to just pay everybody. We need to pay the people who are actually playing if you just make a choice to opt out. That being said, that standard has to include situations like Elena Deladon's because it will be a PR nightmare for the WNBA if they make this decision. She goes and plays because she felt she had to to earn her money and then she gets significantly sick. This is a disease, this is a virus we just don't know that much about yet. It's only six or seven months old. So if her doctor says the way COVID interacts with Lyme disease and he, this person is a specialist, then is a problem. Well, then I think the WNBA should take note of that because the worst thing that can happen, the worst outcome here is to, quote, force her to play, to make her a living for the year, as you point out, Perk, and then she gets extremely sick. The worst case scenario in the other direction, if they give her a little latitude, is, hey, they're paying her whether they, quote, absolutely had to or not. She's a star. She deserves to make her money and not be put in this position. All right, guys, I want to move on to the Clippers because mm -hmm. yesterday Doc Rivers was asked if Kawhi Leonard has any restrictions when play resumes. Here is what he said. No limits. Uh, Kawhi's healthy, you know, for the most part. That still doesn't mean that we don't want to maintain uh, him and get him through the first eight games and get ready for the playoffs. Uh, we want to be smart about this, not just with Kawhi, it's with everybody. All right, guys, so you heard Doc there. No limits on Kawhi last season. Kawhi played more than more minutes and up to scoring from 26 to 30 in the playoffs, and we know how that ended. So, Burke, do you expect Kawhi to flip the switch again this postseason? 
Hey, Rachel, listen. Last year, I tried to warn people about Kawhi, Jordan, Leonard several times before the playoffs started. Listen, you have some guys that worry about regular season and making the All-Star game and the All-NBA team. Kawhi don't care about none of that. All Kawhi is waiting on is the postseason. That's where he flourished well, and he goes at a high level. You talking about becoming a superstar in the making, two-time finals MVP. On top of that, right now with Kevin Durant being hurt, I think that Kawhi Leonard is the second best player in the league. So with him being 100%, him saying that he's healthy and that this is the best that he's felt in a long time, I'm like, ooh, the league is in trouble. Because we already know what Kawhi is capable of doing, and we already know what type of killer he is. Listen, a no restriction, no limits on Kawhi will no be limit. the most dangerous player in the bubble. And I'll tell you why. First of all, Kawhi doesn't need a crowd to get himself going. You talk about a guy who shows no emotion on his face. He doesn't need guys in his face to pump him up. And we already seen the spectacular run he put on last year. I mean, and no restriction, Kawhi. Kawhi will be the best player in this year's playoffs in this bubble. I guarantee you, a no limits Kawhi. He's coming off a great run last year. He has a better team behind him this year. This is the perfect scenario for Kawhi Leonard going into the playoffs. Oh, if he makes it oh, through these eight oh, games, oh, oh, oh. expect to see greatness once again from oh, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, 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 hey, hey, P, did, hey, Paul, true, did, did, yeah. did LeBron retire? LeBron no, retired? No, he's still in the league. But who's, uh, the okay, finals, cool. who's the reigning finals MVP? Uh, who's the reigning champion? Come on, I'm now, just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who's the best okay, two-way player right, in the game? Right, just better watch out. Who got out. better? Who got better? Okay, okay. Who got better at passing the ball? Who got better at scoring? Who got better? He got better from a year ago. We saw how great he was. He's even better this year, Perk. Yeah, and, 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 and congratulations to Kawhi. He did get better. But guess what? LeBron James has already been better. He's been that. Well, Kawhi just, just reached <laughs> LeBron James been that and more. So, like you betted me one time in Boston to go do 50 push-ups in the snow in my tights my rookie year, you want to place a friendly wager <laughs> on this one? Who's going to be the best player to come out of the bubble? You want to bet a friendly dinner on this one? On the jump? On Let's Race do it. Show? Let me know. do it. Forget, wait, Let's wait, wait, it. forget dinner. The stakes for this have to be push-ups somewhere. I mean, if it's not freezing where either one of you are anymore, <laughs> we're going to get back to this after the break. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Warriors, what their strengths and weaknesses are heading into the offseason. Yes, Golden State is getting our summer school treatment next. First, though, it's time to resume our countdown of the season's top plays. Here is 19 through 17. Take a look. Thunder pulled it out at the right time to tie this ball game up. Here's Davis up top. Oh! Oh! Chris Boucher, the slim dunk with the dunk. Check this out. Any contact? Absolutely. Absolutely. Much more proficient with the basketball. Some real careless turnovers, too. Dragic for Jones Jr. Hammered it down over the top of Jonas Valanciunas. What a dunk. That's nightmarish right there for Valanciunas to see him in his dream. The tip belongs to Atlanta. Trey comes out of there with it. 
got Aldridge on it. Sidesteps it, backs up, goes back to work. Shovels at the membrane! Are you kidding me? Boy, you got to see it all right there from Trey Young. Off the dribble. Woof. Nails Beverly with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. The Jump is brought to you by Burger King. $1 mini shakes are now at Burger King. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy geico Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. We're down to two teams, the championship game of the basketball tournament. Sideline Cancer takes on the Golden Eagles for a million dollars. Seven Eastern, four Pacific on ESPN and the app. Welcome back to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols with Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins. And guys, it's time for a little jump summer school. The teams that missed the bubble in Orlando, they, they need some extra credit. So we are grading their strengths and weaknesses. Producer Carlos has been hard at work. And last time we covered the Knicks, this time, we take you to the West Coast to cover the Golden State Warriors. So, Paul, give me your grades. If you were going to look at the Warriors' strengths as a team, how would you grade them entering the offseason? Well, for me, Rach, I give uh, their strengths, their core, an A. I mean, when you talk about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and the emergence of Pascal, um, you know, they have something they can build around looking for the future. And so moving forward, if you come into an offseason and you have these guys, I'm like, shoot, if I could put a, a, a few decent players, along with Wiggins, don't forget Wiggins, along with a few other uh, consistent players, then they could be right back into contending in the Western Conference. All right, well, Perk, what about you? What's your grade for the Warriors' strengths? I'm giving them a B, and here's why. I thought they did a great job with trading for Andrew Wiggins. Look, when you're looking at a guy like Andrew Wiggins, yes, he hasn't lived up to the hype of a number one pick, but he don't have to be a number one pick on the Warriors. And I believe with him being that third option guy for a scoring right behind Steph and Clay, that he's going to be a Harrison Barnes 2.0. We're talking about a guy who's capable of scoring, averaging 22 points a game. He can re he rebounds pretty well. And with him being in that culture, in that winning environment, and around those great vets like guys like Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, and also great coaches with Steve Kerr and Ron Adams to mentor him on the defensive <coughs> side of things and bring that dog out of him, I think this is the best situation for him. And I think that... Uh, the Golden State Warriors struck gold by acquiring him for a third option guy. I was pausing there for a second because I expected at least one of you guys to mention the fact that they also are going to have a top draft pick. They're in line for number one. That might change a little bit with the lottery odds. But come on, they've got that great <clears throat> core. 
that Paul mentioned. They got Wiggins, as you explained, Perk, and they're also gonna have one of the top picks in the draft. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that report card should be all A's on that side, but Paul, we're gonna get to the weaknesses now. Yes. What would you grade the Warriors' weaknesses heading into the offseason? Well, in the past, the Warriors' strength has been in numbers. It's not there right now. And so I'm gonna give them a D, you know, because I feel like the rest of those players in the league, some of them are D-League players. So hopefully with the draft pick they get this summer, they can revamp the roster uh, surrounding the, the star players that they have and possibly make another title run. Because the rest of those guys, a lot of them were fill-in players due to the injuries this year. And so you won't see a lot of them guys on the rosters next year. Kendrick, what about you? What are your grade for the Warriors' weaknesses? Well, I'm giving them a D because of Draymond. Draymond disappointed me this season. I thought, you know, with the injury of Clay and, and the injury of Steph, I thought he was going to elevate his game offensively and shock the world. Um, with him getting a hundred plus uh, a million in the contract extension, I thought Draymond was going to come out and prove a point. Also, with them losing losing Kevin Durant, I thought we was going to see that. Defensive player of the year, Draymond. That 14, 9, and 8 Draymond that we seen a few years ago. And to me, he took a few steps backwards. And I think that's why I'm giving them a D because I, my expectations for Draymond Green was a little bit higher and he didn't achieve it. Paul, what about you? Well, like I said, I gave, I gave him a D. And then, listen, moving forward, they're going to have to do some You gave him a D. I can't see your grade. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to understand, they're going to have to do some quick turnaround if they want to get well, back to championship contention. Be because they, they, they are on the, on the wrong side of their prime. You know, all their core best players are in their 30s now. So they're going to have to revamp pretty fast if they want to be contenders again. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, Perk, if you can really give Draymond the idea that he was supposed to carry that whole team by himself with no help and no one around him and everyone getting injured right and left. But you guys are the pros, so I'm going to go with your grades. Your grades are the official ones. Class is over. <laughs> We're going to be back with more summer school soon. We'll be back with more of the jump coming up. The Sixers are moving Ben Simmons into the power forward spot. This is so interesting. Is this the right move? We're going to discuss this. But first, here's our distant replay from this date in 2003. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. 
top-ranked boxing tonight with 2016 Olympian uh, Michaela Mayer in the main event against Helen Joseph. Prelims start 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, Deportes, and the ESPN app. All right, guys, this just in. A little breaking news. Kings forward Harrison Barnes announces that he has tested positive for COVID-19. Now, this was before Sacramento traveled to the bubble, so he is not here in Orlando. He is the fourth Kings player to test positive, but he does intend to rejoin the team once he is cleared. All right, guys, do you remember back when Lance tried to dunk over Marcus Saul and, and, and it did not go well? Um, that highlight <laughs> has been making the rounds again on Instagram lately. Lance certainly remembered it, and he claimed, I got fouled. That got us thinking about the funniest missed dunks ever. Our Professor Bob, we're back in the lab. Take a look. Because you're indicting everybody by not specifying the ball knocked out of bounds. Last touch by Portland. Anthony tried to dunk it, fell short, fell down. What's the delight of the crowd? They got a big laugh out of that. Outlaw. Shot that over the rim, coach. He was going to put on a little showdown 28. Pierce in the ball game now from the box. Wilkins, look out! Oh, he blows the dunk! He can't, can't believe it. it! Look at him at the other end, and Drexler misses a stuff! And perhaps this is why Dominique elected not to defend his slam dunk title. He's a two-time champion, didn't participate yesterday. D. Brown, the Celtic rookie, won it. That's intercepted, and here comes Thomas. It buckle up for this with a little oh. Oh, he rolled his ankle as he tried to dunk that ball. Martin with the three. And just like that, it's an 11-point lead, and Chicago will take time. Wafer. Rebound O'Neal. And the traveling violation. And you can't go for style points. Just finish it. You don't, you don't have to cock it back like that. We're off the bench. Van Ludwig get back to the good. Those are good. Paul, now when you were with the Clippers, you had one dunk attempt that ended in Chris Paul <laughs> reviving you. What do you remember about that moment? <laughs> I mean, I haven't got up that high in so many years that Chris was like, <laughs> even though I got fouled on the dunk, you know, he had to resuscitate me to get me back out there. <laughs> he was like the old guy going up for the dunk. Let me help him out. I mean, it's nice. Maybe now one of, you know, CP's younger teammates will do that for him one day. You just pass that kind of stuff on. It's lovely. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk a little Sixers, because as they ramp back up toward the restart, Coach Brett Brown is tinkering with his first team, trying out Shake Milton at point guard. That means Ben Simmons goes from the one to the four. The idea is to take advantage of his speed and versatility, and Al Horford moves to a bench role. Simmons explained his view of the move earlier today. Take a listen. Put me on the floor, I'll make anything happen. Uh, whether it's plays, buckets, um, stops, I'll, I'll guard anybody one through five. Um, I run the floor, I can get to the rim, I can score the ball, uh, and I make plays happen. Um, so wherever you put me, if I'm one, two, three, four, five, it's going to happen. Um, I don't really look at it as like a title position. Um, that's mainly for you guys, you know, put down your articles. 
So take a look. Here's how the lineup changes look. One thing Brett Brown said is he said, Ben's so fast. He said, I don't want him having to take the ball up. He could just speed down the court and already be there. Paul, are you a fan of the tweaks that Brett is making and testing out here in Orlando? Yeah, I, I really like it. I think he can play a role similar to Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, a guy who can get the ball from time to time in transition. And look, he's at his best when he's operating in the paint. We know he's an effective post-up player. You know, he can command double teams, and he's a great passer. And, and like I said, you can get him the ball in transition at times, but in the half court, I like him working down there on the block, uh, doing work where he can take advantage of his size and athleticism and make great passes. And so I, I'm in favor of the move. I think the Sixers had to do something different. It just because I just feel like what they were doing uh, wasn't working. So maybe this would change their identity on how they operate on offense and they can become more effective. You know what? The most important part of that piece that I just heard from Ben Simmons is that he's all in. And finally, Thank you, Brett Brown, because I was so sick of hearing that, oh, Ben Simmons and, and Joel, they can't play together. Yes, they can. They are two superstars. You got to find a way to make it work. And I applaud Brett Brown finally for making this adjustment. Because when you look at a guy like Ben Simmons, we all know, yes, he can't shoot the three ball. He can't shoot. But let's not focus on that one weakness because he brings so much more to the table. Focus on his strengths. Put this guy in position to be successful. Have him go set high pick and rolls. Have him do dribble handoffs where he's rolling to the basket. Like Paul said, he's so effective down there on the low block with shooting his right and left hand jump hook. He's also a lob threat type guy. Have him playing the dunker spot. When you look back at the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple years ago, when they were playing against the Houston Rockets, Billy Donovan did something unique. He put Andre Robeson at the four position, spaced the floor, and he had Andre Robeson being the role guy. That's how you make adjustments. That's how you make things work. Thank you, Brett Brown. Finally, I agree with you on something. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how much more room Joel Embiid has with Al Horford on the bench. I know that they played a couple games like that before the break. I know it's not what Al Horford came to Philadelphia for, but he is getting a lot of money to keep him warm, so maybe that will be okay. And, of course, we know he's a team player guy. I do want to get to a story involving Rashawn Holmes that perhaps was influenced by Kelly Oubre Jr., Ubre tweeted, guys, he later deleted it, but, you know, we got the receipts. He tweeted that players could get food delivered just by <laughs> meeting the delivery person at the hotel entrance. Well, Rashawn Holmes announced yesterday that he has been tagged for breaching the bubble because he accidentally crossed the campus line for a food delivery. And after Ubre deleted the initial tweet, he responded, never mind. LOL. By the way, Rashawn's mom even got in on the act. This is what she tweeted. She said, you only crossed the line for your mama's cooking. Um, she noted she is not in the bubble, so he should not have done that. Now, accidentally breaking the bubble right now, what it requires is that you have to stay in your room now for 10 straight days and you get more rigorously tested. Once the season begins, though, guys, it's going to be even a harsher penalty. Bobby Marks at ESPN, he pointed out that each seeding game missed after July 30th for breaking protocol will cost 1% of a player's salary. So for Rashawn Holmes, that could have been nearly 50 grand a game. Now, Perk, I know food was initially mm. limited for players, but is 10 days in quarantine worth any kind of food delivery? 
No, not at all. Listen, and I love to eat, Rachel. You already know that. If I love food. I love it. I need it like old people need soft shoes. But listen, the rules are in place for a reason. And I want to applaud the NBA, the Players Association, for enforcing the rules. Because, listen, the only way that this is going to work is if the players hold themselves accountable and do the right thing. That's all you have to do. Safety comes first. Listen, we want to play, we want to watch basketball. Guys want to play basketball. Just follow the rules, follow the guidelines. And I'm glad that Adam Silver and the NBA are sticking to their guns and enforcing rules and enforcing these penalties <clears throat> because, yes, this is a serious matter that we're dealing with. And the NBA is standing on the front line for America's sports for, as, uh, you know, starting <clears throat> the restart of it. And they want to make sure that this be successful as possible. It's not going to be perfect, but we can crown the champion if every player follows the rules. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Perk. But look, I'm glad this happened now so players can see that this is not a game. You know, somebody has to be made an example for right. everyone to take this serious because you know how players are. Sometimes they'll stretch the rules, bend the rules, and at times break them, like in this case. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not easy being in a bubble. Uh, it's not easy uh, being in quarantine for so many days. You want to get out the room. You want to step out the hotel. So I'm glad this happened now rather than later so other players can see you know, not to take this as a game moving forward. You would hate to see come playoff time, a key player did something as small as grab some food outside the hotel and be put in protocol during an important part of the playoffs. So it's, it's, it's good that it's happened now rather than later. That was some nice lobster, by the way, that one of the guys tweeted out as their bubble food. I want to point out, players can get food delivery here. It just has to be prescribed through a specific process. You can't just meet someone at the gate. And Rashawn, listen to your mama. That is, that is my rule number one as a mother myself. All right, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Luka Doncic. He originally planned for year five to be his championship season. That's what he said was in his career goals. But in year two, the Mavericks are already at least an enticing playoff team. So what are the expectations for Luka now? We'll discuss. Plus, here is what the jump recommends for today. ESPN NBA writer and resident cartographer, Kirk Goldsbury. He's highlighting eight X factors that could decide the next NBA champion. Really interesting. Take a look for that. And as we go to break, we continue with our top plays of the season. Here is number 16. to stop playing buddy ball, running with somebody, and burst. Oh, my goodness gracious! That's a burst. goodness gracious! Former Powell, Shekiano on the receiving end. I, I can't unsee that. I cannot unsee that. Look at the extension. Look at the extension. Diallo did. Uh, yeah, he did. He, he got every bit of that. Wow, that is impressive, Jackson Hayes. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. 
Tomorrow, we'll have another UFC fight night from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. The main card starts at 10 Eastern with the prelims at 7 Eastern on ESPN, on Deportes, on the app. All right, guys, it's been so long since we've had real basketball. The Jump is here to catch you up on everything you need to know before the Orlando restart. You know, just like when your favorite TV show comes back from a long break. Oh, yes, friends, it is time for Previously on the Dallas Mavericks. We expect good things of players who win Rookie of the Year. We do not normally expect them to be nosing their way into the MVP conversation. You know, I didn't expect it either. Did you see Luka Doncic last night? He's having just one of those magical runs right now. The man is averaging 30, 11, and 9. And he's a very dangerous player. One of the most exciting young duos in the NBA. It can be a tough business being a unicorn. Luka do a lot of good things. Watch this in the fourth quarter when he drains a 31-footer right in Giannis's face. Their depth has been one of the biggest stories of the season. Seth Curry has been shooting the ball better than anybody else in the league right now. Boban gets the green light from deep. Then Boban points over the Sixers bench and tells us, oh. Buddy Tobias Harris, that was for you. How many guys in the league can make that pass? Uh, Luca, and LeBron. Luca, and LeBron. Yeah. Right? Year two. I want my own team to shoot. All NBA, playoffs, all star. Year five. We finally win NBA champions. Do we need to move any of those goals up now, though? Uh, move up NBA championship. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, for sure. Move it up, the man says. With that, we want to welcome in our NBA sideline reporter and ESPN LA radio host, George Sedano, to join us for this discussion. Thanks for joining us from LA, George. And let's start with Luka Doncic, guys, because after winning Rookie of the Year last season, he catapulted himself into the MVP discussion. You're not at the top, okay, but in the discussion, in the conversation, his averages of 28 points, nine rebounds, eight assists per game have only been posted by two other humans on earth, Oscar Robertson and Russell Westbrook over a full season. And keep in mind, this is a player in year two on the brink of his first playoff appearance. So Paul Pierce, if the Mavericks hold on and make the playoffs, what do you expect from Luka Doncic? I expect special things from him. I mean, you talk about a kid who made one of the biggest leaps uh, in recent memory from a rookie of the year to MVP caliber player. I mean, he's won every European championship that you can think of, every European MVP that you can think of. So I expect special things from this kid. Clearly, he's special. He's a talent. He's probably, to me, to me, he is the most talented player in the NBA today. And the lights are never too Ooh. bright for him. So I expect big things out of him. Come playoff time. I, uh, listen, P, I'm right there with you. This kid is a stud. One thing about Luka Doncic, you could drop him anywhere in the world. I'm talking about in the hood in Europe, in the hood in the United States, at a rec <laughs> center, wherever it may be, he's going to give you that 28, 9, and 8. And on top of that, guess what? We was talking about Luka in a conversation with two players, Magic Johnson and LeBron James as one of the best, who's the best 20-year-old to ever play the game. And Luka is in that conversation. Right now, he's a top five player in the league. He's an MVP candidate, and I'm right there with Paul. He's one of the most talented guys that are in, that is in the NBA today. And with him, he's no been part, playing one. at he a professional level since a teenager. League. He dominated in the Euro League as a teenager. He won Rookie of the Year, so I expect nothing less but what we've been seeing of him of late, and that's greatness. So he's going to flourish well down there in that Orlando bubble, in my opinion. 
Well, look, I'm with Perk on this, Rachel. He is one of the most talented players in the NBA. Paul, the most talented. I don't know if I'm ready to go there, especially in a the league. The most talented. Okay. That, Thank listen, you. You're a future Thank Hall of you. Famer. I'm not, but I'm just going to say I, I disagree. It's okay. Uh, I, as long as there's a guy named LeBron James in this league, I'll still bestow that upon him. Uh, however, Luca is in that conversation. I can he, throw Kevin Durant in there, a couple yeah, other yeah, players yeah. too. For sure, for sure. Um, he is a top five MVP candidate. There's no question. I think, Rachel, he's going to perform like one and look he's going to have to perform even greater than he did in the regular season because they're short three players going into this bubble specifically a guy like Dwight Powell who was an impactful player for them and again one thing mm. you have to notice when it comes to Luka is the way the Mavs win is when he shoots the three ball really well in losses he shoots the ball 13 percentage points lower from three than in wins even though his points per game are pretty much the same so as Luca goes is how the Mavs will go that is certainly going to be true more than ever this playoffs okay I want to get to the other guy though Lucas crime Kristaps Porzingis George his injury history well documented so do you trust Porzingis in that role of second star on the maps Rachel, I do, but maybe not in this particular situation, right? I think he's still trying to grow into that role. Those guys are still trying to feel each other out. In February, when Luka Doncic was missing a good chunk of the season at that point due to a, an ankle injury, Kristaps Porzingis had his best stretch of the season. He shot 48% from the field and almost 40% from three. Meanwhile, once Luka came back, it kind of came back down to the mean, which was what he was shooting before Luca got there, which is around 41% from the field and about 31, 32% from three. While I think he's got all the skills in the world to be that great number two compliment to Luca, they're still trying to figure each other out a little bit. Well, well, George, I think that Porzingis is going to fit well into his role. You know why? Because I gave Porzingis a lot of heat and I called him soft and I called him a diva. But guess what? He does something that a, that a lot of bigs don't do. He stretches the floor. He's not a guy that plays in the paint. He can shoot the three ball. And when Luka went out, like you said, he averaged 27 points a game. To me, he was finally getting healthy uh, right before the pandemic, and he was showing flashes of being able to be that Robin for Luka. And by the way, Luka is like uh, LeBron James. He makes it easier on everybody, makes it easier for everyone else on his team. So he's going to get Prazingis wide open looks. And by the way, Prazingis is one of the most versatile bigs in the game because when you close out on him, he's capable of putting the ball on the floor and Euro stepping, getting to the rim and dunking on you and all that and so forth, along with being able to shoot the tray ball from deep, by the way. Let me put it this way. How many second fiddle guys do we call unicorn? <laughs> Not many. Maybe Anthony exactly. Davis. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, Ben Simmons. I mean, he's he's more than enough as, as your second fiddle. You gotta you gotta understand, guys. He's coming off a year long, over a year long injury, to where now he's out here averaging 19, 20 points a game, 10 rebounds. Second fiddle. That's good enough to be your best player on the team. You gotta remember, he was used to being that one A guy. He's but he's been put in a Robin position. And I think on nights where Luka doesn't have it, he's more than capable. He showed it when Luka was out. He showed he's capable of carrying the offense on any given night. So I think he is more than capable. Mm -hmm. And we know what he brings you with his versatility, with his defense. He's gotten stronger. And with this layoff, I think he'll be more than ready. I think he's, he's ripe for that position of number two guy.
I mean, he was used to being not 1A, but just number one, right? He was the most important player on the Knicks for quite some time. So it is an adjustment. It's an adjustment. It's not because he's not good enough, but it is probably an adjustment to learn how to play off of someone like Luka a little bit differently. And then, of course, an adjustment after that injury. We have seen with everyone who's had these kinds of injuries, whether it's Paul George, Gordon Hayward, you come back, but that first season you come back, you are not quite yourself. Maybe that's an advantage for the Mavericks with this restart. They're almost getting into a second season back for Porzingis, even though it's technically still just the first season. All right, guys, coming up, the Rockets. Let's talk about them because they're without their two top stars right now. Will there be enough time to reintegrate them, and how will seeding come into play? We will discuss that after the break. First, though, it's time for our second distant replay of the day, a big trade from this date in 2004. We're going to talk about this later, too. Take a look. Shaq's future is certain. A big shift in the balance of power in the NBA as the league's most dominant player is headed back east, the newest member of the Miami Heat. During his 12 years in the NBA, he's averaged a double-double with just over 27 points and 12 rebounds. To pick up those numbers, the Heat give up three-fifths of their starting lineup from last season, dealing Karan Butler, Brian Grant, and Lamar Odom to Los Angeles. Play for the Miami Heat now. They have a young, energetic team, and I'm probably one of the pieces that they've been missing. And we're going to look to do damage. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy geico Week. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. It's crunch time here on The Jump. As we saw before the break, 16 years ago today, Kobe and Shaq's partnership then ended because O'Neal was traded to the Miami Heat. Shaq would finish second in MVP voting his first year in Miami and won a championship with Dwayne Wade in 2006. George, what was the significance of this trade to you? It's the most seminal moment in Miami Heat history, Rachel. The story goes like this. Pat Riley was meeting with the Lakers in 2004 about replacing Phil Jackson, who had stepped away. The job eventually went to Rudy Tomjanovich. In that situation, Riley asked about the relationship between Shaq and Kobe. The room went silent. His antenna went up and said, okay, I'm just going to trade for Shaq then, if that's the case. If you guys aren't keeping him together, I'm taking one of them. And he took Shaq. And then that <laughs> changed everything for the Miami Heat moving forward. Dwayne Wade, LeBron, all of it. It led to all of it. News for San Antonio reporting that Spurs assistant Tim Duncan, you know him, the Hall of Fame guy, he is not in Orlando. He is instead staying back <laughs> to help LaMarcus Aldridge with his rehab. Paul, you good with this? I'm good with that. The Spurs aren't making the playoffs anyway. Let them stay back for the market chargers, help him get healthy. <laughs> and we'll see the Spurs next year. <laughs> I 
Amazing. All right, I want to give a shout out to Celtics assistant and former ESPN analyst Carol Lawson, who has been named head coach of the Duke women's basketball team. She's going to be leaving the bubble to start her new gig. So last night, look at this, the entire Celtics team wore Duke shirts for her and a little send off. Big congrats to Kara on the next step of her coaching journey. All right, guys, I want to get to the Rocket stars, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Neither one of those guys is in the bubble. Westbrook announced yesterday he is still awaiting clearance after a positive test for COVID-19. Still, Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni remained confident when asked about missing both players just a little over two weeks before the season resumes. Here's what he said. Very much so. And they're, they're working now on their own and they're, they're gearing up. When they get here, I think they'll be able to hit the court running. And I know Russ personally. I mean, he has been, he is so good about everything that we try to do. And, and you know, first at the film room, uh, paying attention, asking good questions, uh, speaking up in the locker room when he needs to. And I know this is killing him not to be here. Uh, but, you know, it's again, a, you know, an obstacle that he has to overcome. And, and there's nobody better equipped to overcome than him. This is not going to set us back. We're not going to let it set us back and we'll be ready to roll here in the next two or three weeks. So D'Antoni is emphasizing the playoffs, but those seeding games are important too. The Rockets can still realistically finish anywhere between third and seventh. Paul, did the Rockets have enough time here? <laughs> yeah, I think they have enough time. You got two guys who can roll out of bed after three months of not playing and just straight up ball. I mean, especially when you look at the Rockets' style of play, they spread the court, they put the ball in one of these two guys' hands, and they say go. They have plenty of time to be ready for the playoffs. I, I agree. They got more than Kirk, enough time. You? Listen, the bubble is an AAU I agree, Rachel. The bubble is an AAU setting, and it's better fit for the Rockets. I think they are going to capitalize on this. When you look at Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they're number one in pace for the Houston Rockets, and they're going to hit the, the ground running when they get to the bubble. And I think the Rockets have a, a great chance of winning this year's championship. They're my dark horse contender. Well, we're going to have to find out. Thank you, George, for being holding down the fort in our L.A. studio. Thank you, Perk and Paul. We are back tomorrow. We're at 2 Eastern on ESPN2. Check us then. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.